What if you snapped your fingers? What if you had the power to snap your fingers and make any public company disappear? For instance, Dunkin' Donuts. It's gone. Or maybe for a lot of us, Altria, purveyors of tobacco. Gone. Or even more consequentially, what about Amazon.com? Don't do it! Gone. This week on Rule Breaker Investing, I'm going to pick five stocks that pass the SNAP test for me. The SNAP test asks you as an investor for any company you or I are looking at, if we snapped our fingers and it disappeared, would anyone notice? Would anyone care? And companies that pass the SNAP test, I feel like almost everyone would notice and lots of people would care. It's one of the surest signs that I've found to pick winning stocks. We've got a five stock sampler this week, five stocks that pass my SNAP test only on Rule Breaker Investing. This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Not a fan of being surprised by hidden fees? Well, at TD Ameritrade, they charge just one straightforward price and give you everything you need to trade. No hidden fees, no surprises. Learn more at tdameritrade.com slash pricing. Member SIPC. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. It was the late 1990s, and I had come up with an approach called Rule Breaker Investing. And we renamed the original Motley Fool portfolio. Those of you who were with us back in the day on AOL pre-web, you'll remember there was the Motley Fool portfolio. $50,000 of our own real money invested out front of anybody who wanted to tap into our America Online site, keyword Fool, back in the day, or a little bit later than that, our worldwide website, Fool.com, the Motley Fool portfolio. We called it the Fool Port. That was our own real money, trying to prove, and indeed, I think we did, and we've tried to do it many times since then, that you can beat the stock market as an average individual investor. So, it was time to write a book, and our first book was The Motley Fool Investment Guide, published in 1996. And then we decided we should take a step back with our second book and start with personal finance and get people ready to invest. So, people who thought, well, The Motley Fool Investment Guide looks cool, but I need to get out of student debt, so what do I do? And we wrote the book, You Have More Than You Think, which is a powerful statement. I very much believe just as much today. You have more than you think. You have so many resources, your own past experiences, your wisdom, your knowledge, your passions. You should be bringing all of those to bear to improve your financial life. You have more than you think. And then our third book was Rule Breakers, Rule Makers. And in chapter 9 of Rule Breakers, Rule Makers, a chapter I wrote, it was entitled The Death Rattle or The Crown. I told the story of how a rule breaker transitions into a rule maker. Now, I hope you have the book, and if not, you could still buy it on Amazon. It's got some good reviews. It's in paperback and a later edition these days. But Rule Breakers, Rule Makers was telling the story of how my brother Tom and I have seen business, which is that every great business starts as a rule breaker, usually started by a visionary founder or a team that sees a better way of doing business with a product or a service that revolutionizes what's possible for you and me, or maybe just is a better answer than what we had before. Maybe it's healthier. Maybe it's more interesting. 
Maybe it creates new possibilities that never existed before. I heard somebody describe Uber the other day in this way. This person said, 20 years ago, could you imagine that there would be a 62-year-old stranger that nobody knew that drives up to your front door and picks up your two daughters and takes them to soccer practice? That would have been shocking back then. Most of us would have said no. Today, it's called Uber. So, even our own mores, even our own expectations change over the course of time. And in general, in my experience, things keep getting better, which is why I think those who believe we watch our investment returns keep getting better and our portfolios keep rising because of these truisms. So, back then in the late 1990s, the book Rule Breaker is Rule Maker has said, yes, every great business starts as a rule breaker. They're really great ones. There are some copycats and second and third rate businesses that start too, but the real companies we want to focus on are rule breakers. And then, what's the dream of the rule breaker? And my brother Tom wrote the back half of that book, and that's to become a rule maker. You start by breaking the rules, you're David and you beat Goliath, but at the end, maybe you're King David, and all of a sudden, you're making the rules in the world. And if you can find companies as rule breakers and then hold them all the way through to their becoming rule makers, well, those will be some of the best investments of your life, we said back then in the late 1990s. And I'm really happy to say that both Tom and I have found various stocks over the course of the last 20 years that have done just that. And I know a lot of you own them, whether they're older companies like Amazon.com itself, which is probably the ultimate example of a rule breaker to rule maker transition, and the incredible riches afforded those of us who found it early and just kept holding and holding and holding. But more recently, a company like Shopify is probably a good example, or even upstart companies more recently like, let's say, Match Group, which has been a tremendous performer. These days, Match Group oversees Tinder, Match.com, and a lot of other dating sites. Very much a rule breaker when it started. The whole idea that you would meet your spouse or partner online seemed crazy 15 years ago. Now it's the third most popular way that happens worldwide. So that company has transitioned pretty well to being a rule maker. So as I thought about what five stocks I wanted to pick this week, what five stock sampler I would put forward to my foolish audience. I cast about for a few different themes, and one of them that I'm not going to do was going to be sleepy breakers, finding companies that sleepily sleep their way through breaking the rules. They're probably smaller, quieter, they're not really being noticed, but they are rule breakers, so that's always an exciting category of stocks for me. And so, had I done that, I might have looked at stocks like, well, how about Gartner, which is a really remarkable tech consulting company. Its ticker symbol is IT, which is a pretty good ticker symbol to have these days. We hear about Gartner's magic quadrant. We hear about the hype cycle. This is a company that is really impressive, and yet few people really think that much about Gartner. I think you don't often hear it spouted about as a hot stock or something you or I should be paying attention to. A lot of their consulting and their advice and their frameworks people use, well, it's been a winning stock for us in Rule Breakers. That might have been the kind of company I looked at for our sleepy breakers. But no, as I thought more about it, I thought, I can amp it up a little bit. Let's talk about the snap test. Yep, the snap test. It's something I've certainly talked about on this podcast before. I talked about it on Patrick O'Shaughnessy's podcast, Invest Like the Best, when I appeared in September of 2017. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later and about the wonderful time I spent with Patrick last month. But the snap test is something that I've been using for a few decades now. And where is it most useful and helpful? And really, for a lot of us who may be new to this podcast, what the heck is the snap test? Well, I think you heard me at the top of the show, snapping my fingers and imagining companies just disappearing 
like some kind of bad voodoo magic, and it's gone. And as I dip back into our 1990s book, Rule Breakers, Rule Makers, I see once again how I first mentioned it and used it. And in fact, since it's my copyrighted work, I think I can share a little bit of it here on this podcast. So before I just read a few words about the SNAP test, let me talk about what lies between a rule breaker and a rule maker. Because as I talked about years ago, there's a middle stage, a larval stage, if you will. Will it come out as a butterfly or something looking a lot worse? So every business, as it transitions from being a rule breaker into becoming a rule maker, the middle stage, which I call the tweener stage, occurs when the following happens. When another company comes into the marketplace and offers a product or service that is similar, sometimes nearly identical, to the product or service being offered heretofore by your beloved rule breaker. When another company, Lyft, shows up and presents a very similar-looking consumer experience, in my parlance, your rule breaker, in this case we'll go with Uber, your rule breaker just tweened. So, you hit that tweener stage when somebody else is out there. They might be a pure copycat or they might have innovated in some way, but they are offering a fungible, a substitute product or service experience for customers. And why is that such an important time? Well, that's when growth rates can shift. That's when momentum shifts sometimes. And ultimately, it's during that tweener stage that we're going to figure out from there whether your original rule breaker will rise one day to become the rule maker because it faces down that challenge or instead downshifts and sometimes goes into a death spiral. Having been the pioneer, it ends up with arrows in its back as sometimes the pioneers do. A company a stock in this case, because that's what you and I care about as investors, a stock that never regains its former greatness. It maybe never gets back to that high. It sort of devolves from there. And that's why that chapter of Rule Breakers, Rule Makers was entitled The Death Rattle or The Crown. Because during the tweener stage, those are kind of the two binary outcomes. It isn't necessarily that extreme in either case. It isn't that you definitely are going to be a king or queen or die altogether, but you get the idea. There's sort of a fork-in-the-road moment for every tweener when a copycat shows up in the marketplace with something that is as good, sometimes even better, or cheaper, or whatever it is. All right, so now let's dip briefly back into Chapter 9. Going tweener was the subsection of our book years ago, quotes, legitimate business alternative. And here's what I wrote. Tweener status looms for any rule-breaker when a, quotes, legitimate business alternative shows up to compete with it. For the first time, the once upstart company is being challenged directly and impressively by another business with similar pretensions to the throne. Simply by having its approach mimicked, the rule breaker converts from being a breaker of others' rules into an aspiring maker of its own. The key word here is, quotes, aspiring. At this point, it is truly neither. Those breaker days of being an outsider, a gorilla, a marauder, they're gone. The company now has its own turf to defend from a competitor who's playing the company's own game by rules that were its own invention. What was once radical and revolutionary has now instantly been made, in a sense, conventional, with a legitimate business 
alternative. At the same time, though, it lacks the power of a rulemaker. It is now a tweener. And then just skipping ahead a few paragraphs to the relevant section, and I quote, Another way to help us decide whether the legitimate business alternative dictum has been fulfilled is to imagine what the world would be like if we snapped our fingers and caused the rule breaker in question to disappear. Would something else immediately grab most or all of its business? If so, it's a tweener. If not, it's a rule breaker. Were Yahoo, keep in mind this was written in the late 1990s, were Yahoo to disappear in the very instant you're reading this sentence, for instance, Excite, which was another search engine back in that day, and some of its other competition, by the way, Google would show up shortly, would snap up pretty much all of Yahoo's business. Legitimate business alternatives exist, and customers would not be particularly put out or feel tragically bereft if it disappeared. And then to close my little reading here, by contrast, if you were to do the same with Amazon.com, I don't believe that the same thing would happen. As of this writing, late 1990s, no business is presently offering as convenient and useful an online site with the same wide selection of books, CDs, movies, and software as Amazon.com. It remains a breaker." End quote. Fun to think back on Amazon when it was just, remember it was books, then it was books and CDs, then books, CDs, and movies. I'd forgotten books, CDs, movies, and software. At least that's what I was writing 20 years ago. It's fun to see how the world changes, and yet it doesn't change that much, does it? Because Amazon has been such a tremendous hold all the way through, constantly passing the snap test. One of my favorite Shakespearean quotes applied to investing comes from Henry IV, Part 1. From the very proud and, I believe, Welsh character, kind of a side character in Henry IV, Part 1, Glendower. But he delivers this immortal line, at least it's immortal for me, because I've tried to immortalize it in my own writings about rule breakers. And it's simply, quote, I say the earth did shake when I was born. Although it's probably a little bit more like, I say the earth did shake when I was born. It was a little too piratey, but sometimes I overamp my Welsh act. Anyway, yeah, Glendower and rule breakers, right? When these companies are born, the earth really does shake. If you just think about it a few years later, I guess the earth's constantly shaking in one sense, but when a company like Amazon.com is born or Uber is born, really the earth did shake when they were born. And that's often where I want to put my money and where I want you to put your money in those companies that shake the earth when they're born. But the big question is, after they shake the earth as rule breakers, will they end up becoming rule makers? Will they make it through that tweener stage? Will they pass the snap test? Now, looking up and down the supernova universe, that's the list of all of my present recommendations in Motley Fool Stock Advisor and Motley Fool Rule Breakers. I see many, many companies that I believe would pass, if not capital T, the snap test, at least little t, the snap test. There are not going to be many companies like Amazon, which, by the way, will not be one of my five stocks this week, simply because it's too obvious. And I like to be a little bit more interesting. But there's no question that of all the companies I think of worldwide right now, if you snapped your fingers and Amazon disappeared, I think everybody would notice and almost everybody would care. Another company I won't be picking this week is Uber. 
Because I think Uber is right now in a tweener stage. It is a recent recommendation of mine. It's one that I like a lot. I certainly would buy and hold the stock today. And I think that's in contrast to many people who think that Uber is either overpriced, they'll never make money, those kinds of things. That's a dark cloud that I think I can see through. But I'm not going to include Uber because it really is challenged right now, even though it's a much smaller company, by Lyft. Lyft is a fairly effective, legitimate business alternative. And if Uber ever did disappear, while that would be really problematic because it's so well scaled, a company like Lyft would be pretty well set up to start picking up more people. And I'm sure other companies would arise as well. So those are a couple of companies I've already mentioned through this podcast that I will not be picking. Rather than talk about the things I won't be picking, let's get to a picking. Stock number one. And yes, we always do these alphabetically by company name. Stock number one, the ticker symbol is AAXN, and the name of the company is Axon Enterprise. This is one of the companies that I've consistently recommended here over the last few years, not just on this podcast, but in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. This is, of course, the company behind the Taser and police body cameras. And I submit to you, if you snapped your finger right now and caused all of the tasers, the non-lethal branded weapons that are out there that are used by law enforcement in place of bullets, and you took out all of the body cameras that police are wearing, not just here in the United States, but increasingly internationally, and Evidence.com, which is the cloud service with all of the videos being taken by all the police body cameras, I submit to you a lot of people would notice, and a lot of people would care. So, Axon Enterprise, which, by the way, tips the scales at a $4 billion market cap today, which sounds like a small number relative to the importance of this company in the world and its likely growth in the future, that's why I'm making it stock number one. Now, I feel like I laid a fair amount of scaffolding and railroad track down in advance of these stock picks this podcast. I was reading from the Motley Fool book, Rule Breakers, Rule Makers. I was telling you the story of Rule Breaker to Tweener to Rule Maker. So, I think I'm going to give a little bit shorter shrift to these stocks, maybe have a shorter podcast this week as I lay out the stocks. And that really is for two reasons. First of all, these companies, when we're talking about snap tests, that's like my litmus test. Like if if I can snap my fingers, I I almost don't need any numbers. We don't need to talk about sales, net income, price to earnings ratios, balance sheet. I mean, we talk about that a lot a lot on this show and certainly any stock I pick for rule breakers or stock advisor, we're doing our due diligence and laying all that out for you. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm trying to prove in a way the importance of storytelling the power of the right brain, and in this case, the power of the snap test, because I really believe you can build a portfolio by just thinking about what happens if you were to snap your fingers as you look at the world around you. So, the only number I'm going to be giving for each of these companies is simply the market cap of the company. By the way, that reminds me, a little bit later this month, we'll have our newest installment of the Market Cap Game Show. That's right, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. So, I just said it there for Axon Enterprise, market cap, $4 billion. And the second reason why we're going to move a little quicker and give it shorter shrift is that we have Fool Fest this week here in Alexandria, Virginia. And we have a lot of you coming to visit us. I look forward to shaking some hands and high fiving some of my fellow fools and rule breakers later this week here in our house, Alexandria, Virginia. It also means that all kinds of podcasts, for example, Motley Fool Money is trying to tape the same day I'm taping because a lot of us are front loading our work this week. So that's the second reason why I'm moving quicker than usual. All right, stock number two. The ticker symbol is FICO, which, by the way, is kind of a dead giveaway to what this company does and why I think it passes the snap test. But 
technically, the name of the corporation is Fair Isaac Corporation. And it is, of course, the company behind credit scores, your FICO score. FICO, a lot of us probably don't realize, is the ticker symbol of the company. It comes from Fair Isaac. And this is today, I would say, the default credit rating used for consumer lending here in the United States of America. This company is a an S&P 400 company, so it's not quite big enough to be one of the S&P 500, but the mid-cap 400 tracked by Standard & Poor's FICO is one of those companies that I said I'm only going to use one number for each company. It's the market cap, and the market cap for Fair Isaac is $8.5 billion. This is a company I first recommended to Stock Advisor members in November of 2017. It has certainly outperformed my own expectations, up about 73%, which is way ahead of the market, which is up about single digits from that date. So, it's been a spectacular performer, and yet, here we are, with only an $8.5 billion market cap. And just think about how big and important FICO scores and consumer lending are here in the United States of America. So, I feel really good about Fair Isaac right here as we do this podcast. And again, because I score every five-stock sampler, and we'll be coming back to review this list in a year or two or three, if we're still going, then you know that the only thing that matters to me is what's going to happen next. Because every one of my five-stock samplers doesn't have the great fortune of being able to date itself back to our original cost basis for our members in Stock Advisor or rule breakers. We can't score Amazon from way back in the day or Netflix back in the day. Nope. These five stock samplers we score from the day after we publish. I'm going to take Wednesday's close of this week, and that's going to be the price we use for Axon Enterprise and Fair Isaac and the three to come. So, snap, I submit, if Fair Isaac disappeared overnight and all of its credit scores on you and me, boy, would that be a mess. All right, stock number three. But before we go on, if you find yourself interested in getting started investing the rule breaker way, or maybe start a friend at the office or a family member whom you think you could help invest better, somebody who could truly, for the first time, maybe invest, well, we'd love to have the whole world join us at Motley Fool Rule Breakers. If everyone joins, don't you think that's a better world? I sure do. To start yourself or a friend on the adventure of a lifetime, your investing journey. Here's the URL joinrb.fool.com. That's right. Become a rule breaker. Joinrb.fool.com. All right. Pretty sure Fair Isaac, that's the first time that company has ever been featured in one of my five stock samplers. By the way, I think I counted 19 of these. I think this is the 19th five stock sampler that I've done over nearly four years now of breaking the rules with this podcast. Uh, so it's fun to reflect back on those and to know that. We're doing pretty well with those five stock samplers, but I'm pretty sure Fair Isaac had never appeared on any of them. This next company definitely has. The ticker symbol is LYV. The company is Live Nation. Now, if you enjoy music, if you enjoy going to concerts, if you purchase tickets through Ticketmaster or appreciate the venues where many of these take place, or the entire event business itself. If you've recognized what's happened to music, and I know you have, rock bands, solo acts, everything in between used to make money on CD sales. Remember that back when, do you remember when Amazon sold CDs right after adding that new line to its books line? We talked about that earlier. Well, these days, not as much money is made on CDs. In fact, it's the events for the big acts and the performers 
that bring down so much money for them. It's a big business today. And Live Nation, as I've talked about before, and if you're a Rule Breakers member or a Blast Off member, you probably know a little something about Live Nation. This is the company that both works with these and represents some of these acts, sells the tickets, and also has partnered, or in some cases, owns the venues where these concerts take place. So, if you snapped your finger and all of a sudden, overnight, Live Nation disappeared, I think we would be Sad Nation. So, I feel really good about Live Nation, both its past performance, where it is today, and where it's headed. Now, this company, well, how much would you pay for Live Nation? What's the market cap of Live Nation? The answer is $13 billion today. That still sounds pretty cheap to me as I think about the world three, five, and ten years hence. So, yep, let's pin up stock number three, Live Nation, ticker symbol LYV, as the third stock for this passing the snap test sampler. Okay, stock number four, the ticker symbol, the longest of the ticker symbols this week, NTDOY. Now, if you are a stock advisor member, you probably recognize this as one of our more recent picks. It's Nintendo. Nintendo Corporation, of course, the Japanese entertainment giant, a company that I once had a multi-year dalliance with in Motley Fool Stock Advisor. That was during the golden days of the Wii, when the Nintendo Wii was reaching popular currency. And I think we recommended it near the top, and then the Wii business kind of slowed down, and the Wii U didn't do too well. And so, we eventually sold Nintendo lower than that. Uh, this is some years ago now, but recently with the advent of the Nintendo Switch, which is a another amazing piece of hardware, I was reminded of the incredible power, not of the changing hardware cycles, which can be a problem, and the console switchover from PlayStation 4 to 5 and the future Xbox, that, that'll that always represent a slowdown for companies, especially the ones selling the hardware or the retailers selling the hardware. But even for the software companies making games, it's a little bit sticky. Uh, what to do? Do you make your new game for the PlayStation 4, which has a huge installed base but is being phased out? Or do you wait and make it for the PlayStation 5 and take a gamble that you made a good bet on a new piece of hardware? So, that dynamic, the console cycle, is always in place, even for Nintendo. And yet, Nintendo runs a little bit off-cycle, because the Switch kind of came out after the most recent generation of PlayStations and Xboxes. And in some ways, it's it's a broader machine. It has more applicability. It has higher sales rates right now. And, more importantly, Nintendo owns a lot of the software titles and the IP, the intellectual property, surrounding everything from Mario to Zelda and Link. So many of these characters, you grew up with them, perhaps. Now, your kids are growing up with them. Maybe your grandkids will grow up with them. That's the kind of feeling I have about Nintendo, a company that, by the way, back in the day, a century ago, was a maker of playing cards. That's how it started. In fact, Nintendo, its early growth was Western-style 52-card decks, importing those into Japan and Asia. That was like Nintendo a few generations ago. It's amazing to think where it is today. This is a company where, if you did that, there would be all kinds of people really upset. They lost some of their favorite characters. And I'm not just talking about 13-year-olds. I'm talking about, well, I'm 53. 53-year-olds would be pretty upset as well. So, I feel really good about Nintendo. It has the largest market cap, the one number I'm providing this episode, of all of the companies I'm featuring this week, it's at $46 billion today. And yet, when you think about punching above its weight class, I think 46 is a lightweight kind of evaluation for a company with this much of an installed base, not of hardware or software, but how about love? 
people who really love and know the stories and the characters multi-generational now, and it's going to continue. And I think that Nintendo is just one of those companies that, like Disney, makes people happy. And it's really hard to snap your fingers and ever say goodbye to those companies. So, we'll see how Nintendo does over the next three years. Which reminds me to mention, we'll score these over the next three years. So, these stocks this week are being picked for three, of course, it's always three plus years, but we'll track it on this show for the next three years. Well, we're just about stock number five. The question, of course, did I save the best for last? But first, this episode of Rule Breaker Investor is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. So, you've done a ton of research on a trade, but you can't decide if you want to go through with it. TD Ameritrade's Trade Desk might be the secret to figuring it all out. Just go to tdameritrade.com slash trade desk to see how they can help gut check your trades. Member SIPC. Thank you, TD Ameritrade. And that brings us to stock number five. To summarize, we've had Axon Enterprise, Fair Isaac, Live Nation, Nintendo, stock number five, the ticker symbol is TWTR. And yeah, it's Twitter. And I'm thinking of Twitter in two ways. First of all, I think if you did that, a whole bunch of people would feel very disoriented. A lot of athletes, entertainers, authors, business people have made the Twitter platform integral to who they are and what they do. People keep up with their favorite athletes and sometimes get tweeted back by one of their heroes from the gridiron or the basketball court. How many authors, how many celebs? Twitter is really, I think, the best platform, and it's increasingly true globally that people use to keep up with other people whom they esteem. In a world that has Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, the list goes on many smaller social networks. Twitter has distinguished itself, I think, for people who want to keep up with news and also the glitterati. So I think that Twitter, if you did that, a whole bunch of people would be upset. What is Twitter's market cap? It's $28 billion. And I wanted to mention briefly, as I said earlier in the show, uh, the time I spent last month, near the end of last month, in Columbia, Missouri, where I was attending Patrick O'Shaughnessy's Capital Camp. This is a wonderful conference, one of my favorite in recent years. Patrick and Brent Bishore, who co-hosted it, brought a lot of us into the heartland of America, people who are hedge fund managers, private equity people, um, investors of all stripes, fools like me. And we were all there for a whimsical three days of entertainment and a lot of good thinking, thinking about the future and investing. So, Patrick did a a great job. Two years ago, I was on his podcast. It was September 2017, and I was telling him about the snap test, which he seemed to react positively to. He he appreciated that that part of our conversation and talked about how that was a fun idea. And what I was saying at the time, and you can go back and listen to me on Invest Like the Vest, I was saying, you know, for every rule like the snap test, there are exceptions. I was saying at the time, sadly, I said to him, Twitter, which totally passes the snap test for me, I said, has been a pretty underwhelming stock. Well, it's now fun to go back a year and a half later and see that the stock has about tripled from where it was when we were talking about it on his podcast. And the funny thing is, I was using it as an exception to the rule of the snap test, and yet Twitter has proved itself brilliantly here. Some new management in, and the world kind of coming to Twitter a little bit more increasingly, in my opinion. So it's fun to think I was giving it a snap test passing grade a few years ago, even in the face of a pretty depressing stock at that point, and yet, look what's happened. But, as I said earlier, 
The past is but prologue. All that matters now is how, for this five-stock sampler, Axon Enterprise, Fair Isaac, Live Nation, Nintendo, and Twitter do from this day forward over the next three years. So there you go, five stocks that pass the SNAP test. You know, it's worth using the SNAP test like a lot of things I like to do in investing in other contexts as well. What happened to that movie you just saw? What about that new acquaintance you just met? What about your spouse of 29 years? There are radically different reactions we would have to snapping our fingers and watching things disappear around us. And sadly, part of the story of life is that things do increasingly disappear around us as we go through the years. So I hope that you are cherishing and appreciating the things that you do have that do still exist before one day somebody snaps their finger and you or I disappear. Well, thank you again to our members who are visiting Alexandria from around the world this week for Fool Fest. Thanks for listening in this week. I'll have something new next week. And then the Market Cap Game Show the week after. Looking forward to it. Happy start to your summer. Fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rulebreaker Investing at rbi.fool.com. 